Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Keith Kraft. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. My dad said, you don't need to go get a job because I'm going to hire you. I'm going to pay you this summer, but I'm just going to pay you to be with me. And uh, I would go sit in meetings I would go to lunches with pastors. I would go do the most boring things that a 14-year-old would never want to do um, because, because my job was not to actually complete a task. My job was to just, was to just spend time with my dad. And um, that, that, that has always made me feel like, like there's still time, there's still moments to this day that my dad will call me. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm just at work. And I'm just up here, here at the church doing stuff I need to do. Hey, we're going to lunch with someone and just come, come do this because I want you to be with me. And I just sit there. Most of the time I just sit there and I don't say anything. I just, I don't really have a lot to contribute to these high-level conversations all the time. So, so a lot of times I just sit there and I'm just a part of the conversation. But I, I've realized it gives, it, in, in me and my dad's personal relationship, it gives him strength when I'm, when I'm with him. And I, and I didn't necessarily, I haven't necessarily always understood that. But that, that's, I think, the way God feels about us too. That when we're with God, when we're, when we're going the way that he wants us to go, we're making life happen the way that he wants us to make life happen, then it gives him power in the earth because we're doing that. Yeah, that's it. And um, I think we can choose to look at, we can choose to look at the word of God or, or things in our life that we know that we need to be obedient to as rules and regulations and all of that. We can choose to look at things that way, but that's not necessarily to me the way that, the way that God sees them. The way that God sees these things. I, I remember a time when I was seven or eight years old and uh, when the circus was still around. I had to tell my mom the Barnum and Bailey Circus doesn't exist anymore this morning. Uh, so sorry if that's news to you. But when the circus was still a thing, I, uh, growing up, we, we always loved to go to the circus and see all the animals. So one day, um, I'm, having a, I'm having a tough day. I'm having a you know, tough day for eight-year-old. Having some... Having some <laughs> Having some attitude issues, not being that great with my sisters, not really listening to my parents, having a little bit of obedient struggles. And my dad sits me down at the end of the I like day. the way he says a little. A little bit. <laughs> so my dad sits me down at the end of the day, and uh, he's, it's about 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. He goes, hey, we were going to go, if you had a good attitude today, we were going to go to the circus tonight. And I went, I, I'll have a great attitude. I'll have a great attitude starting right now. <laughs> I will, I'll go clean my room. I'll be nice to Keela and Whitney. I'll get all my schoolwork done that I need to get done. I'll do all this stuff. And at that point, it's too late. But that's sometimes, to me, I think the way God looks at us is that there's things that we know that God, that God wants to bless us with, and we see those things coming. But then maybe there's certain things that we don't see coming, that God looks at tests that we're in the midst that's of. It. How we're, how we're dealing with our cynicism, how we're dealing with our attitude, how we're living with the spirit of excellence. And he says to himself, I want to bless them with that, but that's yeah. on the other side of them, of them passing this test. That's on the other side of them wanting to please me with the way that they're living. And uh, it's not about rules and regulations. It's not wow. about making sure that you're, you, know, you follow all the Ten Commandments and make sure that you follow these ten so that you don't get killed. It's, it's about understanding that with... With pleasing God comes blessing and favor that you can see and also blessing and favor that you can't see. And so uh, hopefully I've been able to go to the circus since then. Yes, yes you have. Uh, in other words, pleasing God is just you, you knowing I'm a child of God. 
I'm a son and daughter of the Most High God. And then living your life that way. If I'm a son and daughter of the Most High God, guess what? I don't have to strive. Guess what? All things work together for my good. Guess what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Guess what? My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. In other words, it, it, it becomes the governor, the peace that passes all understanding, that's, that guards and protects our hearts and our minds. Why? Because we know that we're God's children. God just wants you to know he loves you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to hang with you. The fact that you're here today will bring the favor of God on your life just because you took time with him. I can't even tell you how much I love to spend time with my kids. I've cherished every age, every age, and even paid them to be with me. Now, thank God they actually contribute. said so what we what we've said a couple times different times in this series is that you don't have to have favor with everybody you just have to have favor with the right people that's it and and the favor with god thing is the most important thing and i think and i think there's there's just really simple things i think all of us in our hearts we know we know the way to please god if we've walked with god for any length of time we know what it means to please god we know what it means to we know what it means to honor god we know, that, we know that as a church, what we believe is first fruiting is one of those things. And tithing is, is not just an obedience issue. It's not just a rule that we follow to give God 10% of our income. It's an honor issue. It's a way that we please God, the way that we, the way that we live our life, whether or not we have issues, whether or not we have a positive or negative attitude, whether or not we do things with a spirit of excellence, whether or not we're these people that, according to the book of Romans, don't, don't, don't overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Those are the things that please God because it's so different. It's so different from our normal human experience for people to behave that way and for people to act that way. And there's so often that we see, you know, we see Christians and the, the Christians, Christians aren't any different than the rest of society that's out there. But really what pleases God is when we're the difference makers in the world. When we're like Jesus said, we're the, we're the city on a hill, we're the salt of the earth, we're the light that's not going to be hidden under a bushel, that the way that we live truly is an example of how people can get to God. And when we please God, God is pleased with us. And so that's just so powerful for me to think about that because I've seen that happen in my own life. I've had times where I've made it very difficult on you and mom to, to not to love me, but to, to be happy with me. I, yeah. I know that, you know, and I've seen that in, in times in my life. And it was most, most of the time it was between the ages of 13 and 20. So if you're there, they'll get there. Your kids will get there. But, and if you're after that and you're still having a hard time, you need a good spanking. Yeah. It's never too late. <laughs> well, let me um, go but ahead. I, but I, I, no, I'm, I'm just saying I've seen the effects of how great it feels whenever, um, because, because of the closeness of our family relationship, I've seen, the, I've seen the, the benefit of how great it feels whenever me and, me and my parents walk in unity together, which has, as I've grown up, has, has had a lot to do with pleasing them. And like I said, that's, that's a, a type of what it's like to walk with God. And not all of us have those kind of family dynamics um, but with God, the most important thing we can do is please God and worry about if God is pleased with us. So in our, in our family, it wasn't like you, you had to do everything. It wasn't about, about a bunch of do's and don'ts. I told our kids, I said, there's four things that are important. These four things are important. 
This is what we're going to agree on as a family. Josh, what were those four things? So leadership, attitude, excellence, and generosity. So, so the thought process was trying to get it in my kid's head. We're going to lead ourselves. That was the leadership piece. Lead yourself to do what you know needs to be done. That's where it starts. If you can lead yourself, you can lead one other person. If you can lead one other person, you can lead a team someday. If you can lead a team someday, you can lead an organization. If you can lead an organization, you can leave a legacy, something that's bigger than yourself. And these are things from the time they were children that we talked about excellence. What, is, what does excellence mean? What did excellence mean, Josh, in our family? Well, excellence, I think, I think for me, meant that you know, your job's not done until you've given your best. It's not about being a perfectionist. Right. It's not about making sure that everything's the best that it can possibly be, but it's the best that you can possibly do in every, in every circumstance and situation. Yeah, being your best for God, being your best for yourself, carrying personal excellence, your room being a personal excellence issue, your clothes being a personal excellence issue, your, your schoolwork being a personal excellence issue. If you sign your name to it, don't half do it. Because someday you're going to be signing your name to a check. Are you going to half do it? In other words, what you sign your name to, add leadership and personal excellence. And then attitude. I'm just telling you, the attitude is the most important thing. And that's, that's what pleases God. What pleases God is when we choose to be like God. Did y'all hear all those amens? I think that came from heaven. <laughs> I said, what pleases God is when we choose to be God's sons yeah. and God's daughters in the earth. And we know that we bring not just goodness, but godness. Everywhere we go, in our imperfect selves, in our dysfunctional family, that we're the one that says, you know what, I want to please God. I want to please God. And so, um, you know, when Jesus was baptized in Matthew 3, this is before any recorded miracle. He was baptized by John the Baptist. When he came up out of the water, a voice from heaven spoke, God spoke. He said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. I've always spoken that over Josh. Josh, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. And I've always believed that. And here's what I'm telling you. God always believes that about you. No matter what you're doing, you're my son in whom I'm well pleased. You're my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Not because you're perfect, but just because you're my son and you're my daughter. And I believe the best in you. You know, uh, Shani Villauer, who's here on the second row, uh, recently uh, was watching Layla Shayla for Pastor Sheila and I. And uh, because Clay and Whitney were out of the country, and so I don't know why it happened, but I think you and I were actually going to have a little time to ourselves. And so we took her over there, and she caught a moment. She wasn't trying to catch something. The camera work's not perfect. Thanks, Shaney, but it wasn't perfect. And uh, so she wasn't trying to be the perfect camera person, but she caught Layla, watch this, in a moment where here's Layla as a child, not set up for the camera, but she caught her pleasing God. Watch this. <laughs> So, can I just tell you this? No, in fact, let's sing this. Jesus loves me. Come on. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but 
He is strong. Sing it. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible. Can I just tell you something? Just the fact that you would sing that song is a declaration. Jesus, you love me. I'm your daughter. I'm your son. Thank you for loving me. That pleases God. That pleases God. It's just that simple. And, uh, you know, to the life of, of, of Joseph, obviously we can't tell the whole story, but let me give you a synopsis. It opens up in Genesis 37, and we read you a little bit that he was a part of, Joseph was a part of this very dysfunctional family. And one day he's telling his brothers about his dream, and his brothers get so mad at him, they say, we're going to kill you. The Bible says they hated him for his dreams. And then one of the brothers said, let's don't kill him, let's sell him. I mean, what's worse, you know? If your family wants to kill you or sell you and make a profit off of you. They throw him into a pit, they take his coat of favor that his father had given him, and they bathed it in animal's blood and took it to their father and said he was killed. And they sold him to a group of people called the Ishmaelites. The Bible says that the Ishmaelites took him down to Egypt. They sold him to Potiphar's house. He became a slave. Now listen to this. And the Bible says that God called him a successful man. In other words, he gets his code of favor and everything doesn't start going up. Everything starts going down. He gets sold into slavery. And then the Bible goes on to say this. He began to serve in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar noticed that everything that he set his hand to was blessed. And he put him over all of his possessions. And then the Bible says that God blessed Potiphar's house because of the favor that was on Joseph. Here's my question to you. Can you be content in being the kind of person that everybody around you is blessed because of the favor that's on your life, but you're the slave. You're not getting your peace. You're helping everybody get their peace. You're not running your own company. You're helping somebody in a company make money, more money than you'll make. In other words, these were some of the tests. And then he was falsely accused. Here the Potiphar's house is blessed because of him. Then he's falsely accused. The Bible said he's thrown into prison for 13 years for something he didn't even do. And then the, the keeper of the prison comes to him and says, man, you've got something on you. He didn't know to call it favor, but the Bible calls it favor. And he said, I want you to be over all the prisoners. Help me run this place. You know what some people's thought process would be? Well, how are you going to monetize me for that? What am I going to get for that? Why are you asking me to, for more responsibility? I'm a, I'm a prisoner so I can make your life better? Absolutely. And so Joseph agreed to help the prison keeper run the prison and he got nothing for it. He was there for 13 years. Make a long story short, the Pharaoh, the number one leader in the world, heard about this guy in prison that could interpret dreams. And the Bible says in one day, he was brought out of the prison after 13 years. And the Bible says before he went before the Pharaoh, he shaved himself, which in that day, nobody shaved. He shaved himself. He cleaned himself up. Why? Because he never was a prisoner. You see, some people start acting like victims because somebody victimized them. Somebody, some people start acting like prisoners because somebody's put them behind unseen bars. 
Some people start acting the way other people have said that they are. My dad wasn't this, my mother wasn't that, and I have a reason to be bitter and a reason to be an idiot and a reason to act the way that I'm acting because of what they did. No, you're a child of the Most High God in whatever situation or circumstance that you're in. Everything that he's asked to do, watch this, because of the favor that was on his life, whether he was in the pit, whether he was in Potiphar's house, whether he was in the prison, and now standing before the Pharaoh, clean-shaven, here's the choice that he had to make. This is the most powerful man in the world. I can tell him what happened with Potiphar that wasn't fair. I can tell him how I've been mistreated in the prison. They hadn't done anything for me, and I'm running the whole place. Nobody even notices me. Nobody even sees what I'm doing. He could have taken that occasion to make it all about him. And that's what some people do that don't know that they carry a favor of God. Watch this, not just for a divine assigned success that's on you for you, but a divine assigned advantage for success so that you have the power to bestow favor on other people. So many people are so focused on what's in it for them, what they're getting, how they're being paid, how they're being rewarded, that they miss the fact that everything around them has the potential to go up and even go up beyond them if they'll just settle the fact that they're God's son and God's daughter and roll in their role and let God exalt them in his time. And so we get all twisted up in our attitudes. We get all twisted up in the game. We get all twisted up in the situation and the circumstances and the people who mistreat us and the people who abuse us. And we start projecting our issues and casting blame. And all of a sudden, the favor that we're supposed to carry in the earth goes out the door. And nobody's blessed because of us, but everybody has to deal with us because of us. He stood before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said, I heard you interpret dreams. He said, I had a dream. He interpreted the dream. The Bible says he became the second leading man in the world. But listen very carefully. He was never number one. He never had his, his own kingdom. He was always serving everybody else's dream. And yet he was hated, listen now, for his dreams. How this whole thing started in Genesis 37 is he was hated because of his dreams. And yet how he was brought up out of prison was not so his dream could be fulfilled. Listen very carefully. But because of the insight that he had as a dreamer, God could use him to interpret somebody else's dream and solve a problem for them, not solve his own problem. I hope you're getting this. So many people are focused on their own problem, their own dilemma, their own dreams, their own desires. There's just gotta be more for me. God wants to use me, God wants to, and God says, whoa, 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 whoa. Let me do the promotion. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, it comes from the Lord. Let me be the one that raises you up. Let me be the one that promotes you. Let me be the one that uses my favor on your life to bless everybody that comes into your circle whether you're in a pit today, whether you're in a prison today, whether you're in a palace today, here's the bottom line. You're my son, you're my daughter, you bring me everywhere you go and that's what pleases me. And Josh is pretty amazing that he became the most powerful man in the world besides Pharaoh himself, but yet Pharaoh even gave him his power. He wore Pharaoh's ring, his authority. So he went from having a robe of favor that was ascribed authority 
Authority to do what? To take dominion so his dreams could come true? No, to take authority so he could be powerful enough to help other people's dreams come true. Can you be the person on the job that everybody around you, including your boss, is more blessed than you because of you? Can you be the person in a friendship where it seems so one-sided and that's because of the favor of God that's on your life? Can you be the person in the marriage who says, you know what? I'm gonna give and give and give and give and I'm gonna allow God's favor that's on me to make my spouse better for the glory of God. Can you be the kind of person that God says, you've got so much favor, you're a success in my eyes because now, freely as you've received, freely you give and you're gonna bestow favor everywhere you go. Can I just tell you, I wanna be a favor bestower. How about you? I wanna have so much favor on me that I can bestow favor on other people. Josh, just give us a closing word and then we'll be through. Well, I, th I think that, you know, that one of the interesting things to me about Joseph and, and just in, in general, when we read these stories is we, we, we see it kind of how God sees it in that we see the end from the beginning. Like we see, oh, look at, look at all God did in the life of Joseph. And, you know, he went to jail and he was a slave and all that. But look what happened. And Joseph is a very real person in, in this story. And he's a very real person in history in that when he was in the moment, of being a slave, it wasn't like, well, one day I'll be second in command over all he of He didn't Egypt. have the picture. He didn't have the picture of that. All he knew was, I'm a slave today. When he's in jail, all he knew is, I'm in jail today. Yeah. And, uh, and we can look at these stories like Joseph and the different people that we read, and uh, those things can very much encourage us, but then in the midst of our moments that we find ourselves in, so good. it's difficult for us because we're not, we have the dream, we feel like God's called us to something great, which you should feel that way. You should feel like God's hand is on your life because God is pleased with you. God loves you so much that, this, that he sent you to this earth for a specific purpose. And God didn't send anybody to the earth so they would be small and have no, no impact on humanity. So God's, God sent us all for a specific purpose and for a specific reason that's meant to make a lasting impact. And, and in this story of Joseph, there's just, I think we don't hear about what Joseph's thoughts are, but I, I would imagine there's a lot of despair and there's a lot of, okay, God, when I was 17, when I was 17, I had this dream and I'm a slave. Well, how could, how could it get much worse than being a slave? Well, be wrongly accused and be thrown in jail. Well, now, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go be in jail. But then one day, all of a sudden within a, within the span of a day, Joseph becomes second in command. Yeah over all of Egypt. And God knew what he was doing with Joseph all along, just like God knows what he's doing with us. And that's yeah. the most encouraging thing about me with Joseph is about my, in terms of my own life, is that God knows exactly what he's doing with me. And he's also, he also knows what he's asking me to do in this moment right now. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, God's word is a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. Yeah. And I heard Craig Rochelle describe it this, this way one time. He said that if, if you're holding a lamp in your hand with a candle in it, you're not gonna see step eight. You're seeing step one. And it's hard to visualize step eight when you're on step one. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 12, verse two, that don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God yeah. concerning you. And so, so often we're focused on What's God's will for my life? What's God's will for my family? How's, how's my destiny gonna come to pass? How's this thing that God's put in my heart gonna happen for me? And God doesn't want us to even worry about that. Romans 12, two to me personally is like the verse that the whole Bible turns around. 
And the way we paraphrase that as a church is that when you elevate your thinking, you elevate your yeah. life. But all God, all God is concerned with is the kind of person that we are. Yeah. The kind of person that we choose to be. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What does that mean? That we just focus on being the best us that we can be in situations. And I might not be able to conquer my dreams right now. I might not be able to conquer my destiny. I might not be able to open those doors that I feel like are going to open for me at some point in the future. But God can. And God does. And in this story of Joseph, Joseph just was a successful man in whatever situation he found himself in. So that gives rest to me in the midst of my process that I'm not in, I'm not in slavery and I'm, I hope I'm not going to jail anytime soon. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not in as difficult of a situation as Joseph found himself in, but I can still learn those lessons of have peace and rest and know that, and know that God's got me, know that God's for me. I know that God sent me to this yeah. earth for a purpose and for a reason. And what he wants me to do is accomplish what I can accomplish today, which is stuff that he's put in front of me. Yeah. For me, a lot of times, that's been my attitude. I need to have a better attitude. I need to be less cynical. I need to be less sarcastic about things. I need to do things with a little bit more excellence. I need to be a little bit more generous today than I was yesterday. I need to work through some things in my life. And God puts those things in front of us. And then he gives us his word which is a lamp into our feet and a light yes. into our path. And he says, okay, like follow, follow what I'm telling you to follow and you'll get to where not only you wanna be, you'll get to where I want you to be. Because yeah. we believe as a church that the dreams, the dreams that we have are not dreams that we gave ourselves. The dreams that we have are dreams that God's given us. So if God's given us these dreams, how much does God care about having your dream come true? I would say he cares even more than you do yes. about making sure that your dream comes true. But he says, okay, just, just, don't worry about the stuff that you can't figure out right now and wrap your head around. Just worry about what you can wrap your head around today. And those are the things that we so often miss is these little moments in, in time and these little moments in our life where we could have had a better attitude or we could have been this way or we could have been that way or, or, or whatever it is that we feel like that the journey is that God's taken us on, that if we can do that, then we do prove according to the Bible. This isn't according to Josh Kraft's philosophy of life, but according to Romans chapter 12, we prove when we transform, when we become that person that God's called us to become in every season of life, whether that's the slave season, the, the prison season, or the favored season, because Joseph went from having this amazing dream of all his experience with his brothers and his dad. He went from the dream to the process, and then the process lasted a lot longer than he wanted it to. But then at the end of the process, the dream came true. Well, let me, and let me interject with that, because again, would, would, there, would there ever be a time in your life where you would desire what I desire? And you say, well, what is that? That you just don't have any more test. <laughs> Can I tell you what's always the test for your next level? Your attitude. Not what's happening. Not, well, I hope things get better. Your attitude is that little thing that makes the big difference in every area of your life. I say it like this. It's the hinge that the door of your destiny swings open or swings shut with. And the test for, for Joseph in every situation was his attitude. How are you going to act in the pit? How are you going to act towards your family when your brothers have sold you into slavery? How are you going to act when you're in prison and they want to promote you and yet you get nothing for it? How are you going to act when you've been falsely accused? You're going to try to defend yourself? How are you going to act when you're called before the most powerful man in the world? Are you gonna act like a pauper? Or are you gonna act like the prince, a prince of the most high God, which is what you are? 
and he passed the test. Listen, only Daniel and Joseph in all of Scripture are the only two men that weren't, there, there wasn't some sin ascribed to them. David, even Jesus' great-great-grandfather, his sins were laid bare. Adulterer, murderer, on and on and on. But only Joseph and Daniel. And you know what I believe? And I want you to really hear this because this is a huge thing. God looks at your attitude more than he looks at what you do. A good man falls seven times, but what do you do? You get back up. Why? Because of your attitude. You don't get on the I can't side of life. You get on the I can side of life. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And though he fall, the Bible says about a good man, he will not be utterly cast down for the Lord will uphold him with his righteous hand. You see, the way we please God is not by never sinning. Listen, we please God by getting up again. The way we please God, of course, God, listen, I'd love my kids to be perfect, but they're not. And the problem is they can't be. You know why? Because they have me for a father. Let us not forget that. Never ask more of your kids than you do of yourself. Hey, clean up your room and yours is dirty. You can't require excellence if you're not living excellence. You can't require a good attitude if your attitude sucks. That means that your attitude's bad for those who need interpretation for that. But, but listen, let me close by saying this. Genesis 50. God has used the favor that's on Joseph's life to get all of his family moved from the land of Canaan, which there was, Canaan, which there was famine, into, the, into Egypt. And now he's taking care of his whole family. His father dies and all of his brothers are there. And his brothers got nervous. Once their father was dead, they sent a messenger and they said to Joseph, they said, please, we're begging you, forgive us. Because they thought now that the father was dead, Joseph would come back and say, okay, I, like I kept you all alive. Like I've been good to you because of our father. That's what they thought because that's how they were. I want you to listen very carefully. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. We don't see people as they are. We see people as we are. We don't see a situation as it is. We see a situation as we are. That's why you should never judge. Don't judge people. Don't judge places. Don't judge things. You know why? Because you're judging yourself because you're showing how you see yourself. His brother sent a messenger and said, please, we beg you to forgive us. Forgive our trespasses. And you know when he heard that from the servant, you know what he did? He wept. He wept. Then the brothers came in and they fell down before his face and said, behold, we're your servants. What was the original dream? That his stock was up and that theirs was bowed down to him. That's why they hated him. All these years later, they're prostrate before him. Joseph said to them, do not be afraid. But I don't think he just said it this way. Don't be afraid. I think he said it from this perspective. Guys, get up here with me. Listen. Because he's bestowing favor. Don't be afraid. I'm not only going to take care of you. You see, the truth is what you meant for evil, God has meant for my good. Listen to me. Some of you have had some evil stuff that's happened to you. You've had some unfair things that have happened to you. Some of you have experienced abuse. You've experienced all kinds of things. People have walked out of your life. 
Can I just tell you, when you have this spirit like Joseph and you know you're a son and daughter of the Most High God, here's how you process it. What they meant for evil, God is gonna use for my good all the days of my life. And that's how you get through it. That's how you get through it. And you put God in a position where God's going, yes, yes, you trust me. You're trusting me with your hurt. You're trusting me with your brokenness. You're trusting me with your pain. Don't hold it against that person. Don't hold it against what, whoever did what. Don't, don't stay bitter. Don't stay hurt. Don't stay broken. What, according to the Bible, what whoever has meant evil against you, God will use for your good and he'll promote you and he'll elevate you and he'll lift you up and you don't have to stay down and you don't have to stay broken and you don't have to stay bitter and you don't have to hold unforgiveness. Why? Because you have the favor of God. You're a son and daughter of the Most High. God, come on church, you're a son and daughter of the Most High. Just for a second, just be seated. We're almost through. But just out of honor, just be seated just for a second. I want to show you something. Remember what Josh just said about the Word of God is a lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway where we can see just the next step. It's enough light to see the next step. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes the light comes on when you take the next step. Because you're walking by faith and not by. I want you to see this picture from Genesis 50 to Psalm 78. Joseph's sons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and particularly the tribe of Ephraim, ruled in the world. They were chosen to be the lead tribe of Israel. In fact, Joseph's tribe was the only tribe that was split. He had so much favor, it couldn't be contained in one person. And it only changed in Psalm 78 when the descendants of Ephraim, which was Joseph's descendants, got far away enough from God that they rejected God. And so God, because they rejected him, he had to pick another tribe and he chose David the Bible says that he brought him from the user, leading the sheep to leading his people. And the reason he chose him, watch this, was not because he didn't know he would be an adulterer, not because he knew he would, he would never murder because he did those things and a lot more. But he's a man after my own heart. And that's why your heart matters more than anything else. Not what you do, what's in your heart. God will take care of what you do. We're not human doings, we're human beings. And that's why we need a loving savior and his super into our natural. God looks at your heart, not all that you've done, he looks at your heart. And the Bible says this, that he chose the lion of the tribe of Judah, David as the great, great grandfather of Jesus. And that's where the switch was or Jesus would have come through the lineage of Joseph. It's so powerful. Here's what I can tell you. There's no way that we can understand why I need to have a good attitude right now. Why, no matter if I'm in the pit, the prison, the palace, no matter if my dreams are coming true or not, here's the bottom line. 
I have the favor of God on my life and everybody in my life will be a recipient of that and I will bestow whatever favor I have in the midst of even difficult circumstances and God will say that is my son that is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased they value what I value they're not twisting off their attitude isn't bad they're not playing the blame game they're not they're not they're not messed up they've allowed their mess to mess them up this is God's heart this is God's Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church.